0: I hear it. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? I can feel it. Hey, welcome to a podcast for my children. This is, uh, well, I guess first of all, this is Chris Cox.
1: Hello, I'm Chris Cox.
0: I'm Kale Thomas. We are co-hosting this, which this podcast is about your things you want to tell your kids, but you may forget to do so. Uh, kind of a ta- a time capsule of information, so to speak. And selfishly, it's stuff that I should nail down myself. Kind of a self-help post.
1: It's nice to have if that. you will. Yeah, if you can't get it in writing, get it in audio. It seems like that's a lot easier.
0: And we're doing this um, live on Facebook. I don't know why, just so you can see what we look like <laughs> with headphones on in front of microphones. That's yeah.
1: If you're into that, that's uh, a great. If you're into that sort of thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, this is episode three. We made it. We've done pretty good so far. Yeah. Um, yes. So today, today
0: topics will include
1: patience. Letting, oh, patience! Yeah, I'm just jumping right into it. I'm I'm, I'm getting excited. Patience,
0: <laughs> patience, and letting go of the past.
1: Letting go. Letting go. What does patience mean to you? Oh, uh, well, it's something I struggle with. I think most people do. I think you do. I I'm, think we all do. I mean, it, it's like super evident, the fact that I even couldn't wait to get the, the title of our episode out without just blurting it out. You know, I, I couldn't let a nice transition come in there. It's just, <laughs> I'm very eager. I'm very excitable. Um, so I, I need to work on my patience, I think. It's, uh, it's a, an important skill that not many people have today.
0: Oh, sorry. I was just checking sound. Oh, that's fine. I'm being patient. My bad. That's what <laughs> happens when you're in a low-budget studio. To check your own sound. It adds charm. <laughs> we'll we'll go with that. Yeah, it sounds good. So, um, so patience. I mean, by default, it's kind of hard to be patient. Sometimes, especially 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 <laughs> expectually. <laughs> Especially when you're excited or you're sad or you're nervous, whatever. You sometimes. I mean, I do this in business sometimes where it's like something happens, don't jump in there right away because right. it's like I'm nervous. Yeah. But it's like, hey, that's, a, it's a, that's my knee-jerk reaction. Like, I settle down, you know? You got to, like, take it all in, understand what's going on first before you offer any sort of solutions, you know? Right. Like, um, don't run in and give some sort of diagnosis for something that you don't understand yet. And, but for me, the way it shows up is I'm impatient because I want to get rid of the nervous feeling I have in the moment. Right. Or I'm so excited I just can't handle it. You know, I want to get get to action type thing. And kids kids do this a lot. Like they get their mindset on something. And they want to, now, let's go now. Right. And there's still a part of that in us, I think, as adults.
1: Oh, absolutely. Where we have yeah. to
0: slow that down a
1: bit. Well, and I feel like, so with me and patience, it's almost as if like, I want to check something off a list.
0: Yeah, so, exactly. Like, I just
1: want to get it done and move on to the next thing. Cause right. I, you know, I have so much that I can do. So I'm like, okay, well this is one thing done. I, and it's like, I'm never patient enough to like, just take time with it. And it's, it could be something like super valuable or important to me. And I'm I'm just rushing it. Cause it's like, okay, well, like let's take my studies, for example. Like, so I, I do a homework assignment and like, 10 minutes because I'm like, okay, got that one done, but I got like 10 more I got to do. You know, I'm kind of a procrastinator too that, uh, that, that comes with being a a college student, I think, but it shows that I'm not super patient. Like I, I could put a lot more effort into the studies and homework I do for certain classes and maybe gain some more knowledge and benefit from that. But I'm just like, okay, well I got this one done. I got to get the next one done. And that's my patience is almost kind of valued in the sense of like tasks and just getting them done as fast as possible. Right.
0: Which is, listen, I struggle with the same thing in business because it's like,, um, I have a, you know, I have a list in the morning. I have 35 things I want to do in today, right. So just start you know attacking things. like it feels good to check something off a list. Right. But there's there's a couple problems with that. Um, a, I may not be doing the most important thing first, right. And like you say, I may not be getting the most out of things. So like like when you're in the office with me, And I say, hey Chris, let's let's just whiteboard about some stuff real quick. Like I get a lot out of that. Yeah. But I don't always slow down to do that to like use you as a sounding board or talk to other people to run my ideas across them. And there's so much value in that.
1: There is absolutely
0: because it keeps your patience or lack of patience in check. Right. And it kind of makes you, I don't know. To me, it grounds me a little
1: bit. I agree.
0: Because if I'm just by myself, I'm like "Ah, I'm running around like. Trying to knock stuff off a list.
1: Well, and uh, yeah, I would say that's another good point is that, like, so impatience can also lead to um, uh, distractions. So, right. if you are impatient about something, it could distract you from being focused on certain other things that may be super valuable or important. You know, you get so sidetracked by just one little thing because it's like, okay, well, I'm not patient enough to finish this task. I'm going to move on to the next one. When really this task was like something vital and important that you have to get done. But you're like, I just don't really want to spend a lot of time on this because I know I have these 12 other things that I have to do. So I'm going to do little bits and pieces of all of these things. And then maybe at the end of the day, you didn't even get all of those things finished when it, in reality, if you would have just focused on that one thing, at least you check something off your list and you put all of that effort and value into that one specific thing. Like I'm, I'm a film buff, and I feel like there's way more movies out there than I'll ever watch in my entire mm-hmm. life. And I'm always like, I feel really good when I watch one. I go, okay, I cross that off my list. I write a little review on this this little app thing, and I'm like, okay, I feel good. I want to watch another one, and then I'm not I'm not super focused on the last film that I just watched. Like I don't let it sink in. I don't really let it resonate with me or anything like that. I'm just like, I got to move on to the next one because there's like 12 million movies out there, and I want to know all of them, but I obviously can't. And it's just something I I struggle with that I need to like calm down and slow down and go, okay, I. I obviously can't accomplish all of this.
0: So I, this is just showing up for me in the moment, but I'm just thinking about patience related to how fast information comes at us nowadays. Right. So it, it is much harder to focus on one thing and block everything else out because there's so much noise. Every every time you do something, there's so much noise. Right. Like um, I find if I go onto Facebook to do a work task, it's very distracting because I look up in the corner and it's like, okay, well, I have... You know, nine friend requests I need to deal with, and there's a couple of messages there, and then there's my kind of list of things that are going on with my friends and stuff, and then I feel like, well, I should probably check that out because maybe there's someone trying to get a hold of me and then now I open up this whole like new portal of of distractions right, and it's like, dang it, I didn't go on to post that ad to Facebook about my business that I was supposed to do twenty minutes ago. That's a problem, oh yeah, and so I but. It's like, I don't have the patience to go, okay, that's great. I have messages in there. I'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to put that on my list and prioritize it. I just kind of like jump into it. Yeah, it's impulse. Where it's really hard to like do something now and then reflect on like, what did that mean? What did I learn? How, how did that occur for me in the moment? It's just like, okay, I'm done with that. Like what else? Right. You know, because you keep, you keep focus. You keep focusing back on those things that you didn't do. And there's so much that we can't, I mean, like you said with movies. Yeah. There's more movies you won't see than there are, movies, there are movies you will see. Totally. Like fair to say? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's like in music, it's the same way. There are more albums out there I will never listen to versus albums I will listen to. It's true. And so there's this this fear of missing out is like a real big problem
1: nowadays. Totally. that's and, Yeah.
0: And super sidetracks patience and focus.
1: Right. And then, uh, yeah, kind of going off that a little bit. So like... I'm one of those people that fall victim to like, okay, I'll go on my phone and I'll go, okay, I'm going to look up this, the one thing. Right. Then I get a notification from like a social media site and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to check that real quick. I'm going to remember what I want to go check out on this website. And then I check that, you know, whatever social media post it was. And then I go, oh wait, there's this other thing I forgot I was supposed to do. And I do that. And I end up just completely forgetting what I was supposed to do in the first place. And it's, it's sad because like it shows to me that like, I'm not as focused as I used to be cuz like I just get so easily distracted and it's it's hard to keep a train of thought like it's never like a clear coherent train of thought when it comes to certain things anymore and it's it's concerning to me cuz it's like that that lack of focus is not good like I should be able to keep tr- like mental track of certain things right but like I like I don't keep a calendar for homework assignments and stuff like that like I should because like Even last night, dude, I was like on doing another assignment for another class and then I totally let it slip. I'm like, okay, I gotta get to bed. I gotta get up in the morning, you know, super early. And just completely forgot about a completely other assignment that I should have been doing. And I'm like, I gotta I have to start scheduling things and being more patient with things and being better at time management because that's like super vital. That's a skill I think most people should know is time management, but it's one of the hardest things to learn.
0: It is, and I'm just thinking when, when I'm hearing you talk. So if I have, let's say, I don't know, two tasks that I know I need to complete that day. Yeah. And in total, those two tasks is going to take me about 45 minutes. Okay. If I do that in the beginning of my day, the rest of my day flows right. very nicely. If yeah. I push those to the end of the day, like I did yesterday, I'm sitting in my office, it's like nine ten p.m. Right. And I didn't do the re- the two things that I really should have done. Yeah. I didn't do and, but I'm tired and like the motivation isn't there. Right. Right. So I kind of feel a little, a little bad. Like I've f- I carry a little guilt about that into today. Whereas if I would have reverse reversed that and did those two things in the morning, the rest of my day would have flowed. And it's like, if I didn't get to some of the things that I did, it wouldn't have been a big deal because they weren't super high priority. Right. Compared to those two tasks that really are like, if I do those two tasks every day, it's a night and day difference for my business. Oh yeah. If I don't, then who knows? Right. Um, jam it all up. But it it it's so weird how sometimes we just get distracted with what feels good or feels better. Like ah, I'm a little. I'm bored of that. I want to do this. Yes. Whereas this is just this isn't really getting me towards my goals. But the stuff that was boring does. Yep. It's so weird how that is, but in so many areas of life, it seems like to me, doing the boring crap that you don't want to do is many times aligned with the goal that you've set for yourself. So you've got to kind of repackage that, or at least it occurs to me, you've got to find a way to repackage that stuff to make it more exciting to do it. Because in the end, what do you stand for? Like I have this conversation with myself all the time. Do you stand for being... Not not bored or do you stand for reaching your goals? That's a good point. And it's easy said, it's very difficult in practice. And, and it's yeah, something you have to work on.
1: Right. I think. And I constantly totally agree. Yeah, I, I fall victim to that. Like I I think this is kind of a millennial mindset. Um, but sometimes you just you, you want to like distract yourself from the stress of life. So you, you know, maybe put on a TV show on Netflix or watch a YouTube video and go, yeah, all that stress of things are, it's still there deep down, but I'm just going to pretend that it's not there because I mean, I I guess that's just a reflection of, of my generation. We don't really want to deal with stress and conflict. And you know, I fall victim to that. It's like, yeah, it's like I could be doing this one thing. Like I could be starting a project that's due in two weeks But I have this half hour that I could just sit and watch a show that I wanna watch, and I'm gonna, I prefer to do that. And I guess that's like, you know, like we prefer entertainment over, I guess, doing work. And I'm not like entirely that way. Like I I have a pretty good work ethic, I would say. But it's nice to have those kind of little down times where you're like, I can decompress and not really think about all of the stress that's bothering me right now.
0: Okay, so I think that's a really good point because. The Kardashians are more profitable than many content providers.
1: Unfortunately. Like how
0: many educators do you know out there that have more money than the Kardashians?
1: Not many. Yeah, it's nah it's,
0: no. no. <laughs> because entertainers, people want to watch people want to be entertained. Right. And so it's people would rather be entertained than educated. It's true, it, and everyone and I just think that's human nature. Yeah, and we're seeing money flows go to entertainment on social media platforms, on reality TV, on all these types of things. Right. It's like, um, like my wife loves Real Housewives of wherever. Oh, right. Yep. It's just entertainment. I mean, there's no, there's literally like zero valuable content. That you can get from those shows. Right. It's just about like, are they going to blow up at this person and who's going to be mad about what and what outrageous thing are they going to do next? Totally. That's it. Yep. But it's super popular. It's true.
1: Well, yeah. And it's, I, I think going off reality TV shows too, it's, it's interesting to get that perspective. Like, what do we perceive as reality? Because I mean, Obviously, it's it's fictionalized. I mean, everything you see on there isn't in, like super. Active. That's true. A lot of it's staged. Yeah, and it's it's because if you just recorded real life, no one would watch it because we're all living
0: like it. this life, <laughs> <laughs> like this live Facebook thing we're doing right now.
1: Well, I think what we're doing is entertaining. I would argue we we've got good personalities. We're funny,
0: <sighs> but okay. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, if, whatever you say, man. If you just went out and filmed somebody like walking to a restaurant and ordering lunch, unless there's a conflict there, like I, everything has to have a story. We all as society and human beings and entertaining, you know, people who consume entertainment, we all like that story structure. That's just what we're used to. You know, you have your your protagonist, whoever it may be. and then they, you know, have the inciting incident. They have their right. conflict. We just like that. We kind of like drama. We like having things resolved. And if you don't have that, even if it's in a real show, it's got to have some sort of conflict there.
0: Well, in Ozark season two, there was a lot of not resolved things. It's true. I'm still waiting.
1: Well, and I'm waiting for season three. It's true. And that's how they keep you on your seat. You know, they, they're like, okay. We know you got a little bit, but we want to. We we still want you to come back to it.
0: Is that why I like dark dramas? Because I know their lives are worse than mine. Yeah, so like at least I'm not like gonna get killed by the mafia right now.
1: I think so. Yeah, it's a, maybe that's a, it. A way of seeing life in a better light at that point. Because you're, you're like, right. at least it's not that bad.
0: <laughs> so, our next topic. Yep. Letting go of the past. It's a good thing to man. Letting go of the past can be such a drag. I mean, a drag on your performance, on your attitude. Uh, I feel like a lot of depression issues and stuff are not letting go of the past. It's in that realm. It's true. By the way, that's one of the... My biggest fear for kids, for my kids, Yeah, is that uh, they don't suffer from massive depression and they don't really get involved heavily with drugs and alcohol. Like Those two things scare me. Yeah,
1: absolutely and yeah i mean i think that comes from depression because they're in such a state where they they really don't think there's any other kind of coping mechanism at that point because they feel like you know being under the influence of something kind of takes you away from the life you're living now yeah um and you know it's an unfortunate part of life that's maybe you know hopefully not everyone goes through i personally know people who have unfortunately and it's hard because you, as whoever, to that person, family, member, friend, whoever it may be, um, you want them to know you're a resource for them. But it's so hard for them to see outside of that kind of cloud that's that's kind of covering them. That they're like, you know, I I, I know that they're there for me, but are they going to be there for me consistently enough that I have somebody that I can work with that I... I get that confidence boost and I get a reason to kind of like move on and and get rid of the past. Because I mean, if you're just stuck sitting there in your room or wherever you are with your thoughts and just thinking those same thoughts over and over again, it's it's really not an ideal situation to be in.
0: No, not at all. And I've always thought like if if humans are tribal by nature and if you isolate them, um, if they do it themselves or if someone physically isolates a person... It, it, I literally believe it. Slowly makes you insane. Yeah, because you just you don't have that. Like I was talking about earlier. Like I like bouncing ideas off you because if I sit over here on my desk by myself, I start having all these thoughts on my own, and maybe they're just not rational. Maybe they're just not realistic. Okay. And I think I kind of believe like the more real, the more unrealistic you get, the less effective you are in whatever it is you're doing. Oh yeah. So if you're if you're parenting, if it's business or whatever, the less realistic you are, the the more chance you have for un- irrational fears and, th- and things to derail you. Right. And so letting go of the past to me is about a, realizing that we all have a past and you have to just like let it go man oh yeah right (laughs) you know like don't beat yourself up over something that happened and realize hey sometimes we're just emotional and we do stupid stuff or we say dumb things hey look if you need to clean it up and 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 certainly become whole with that with a person or someone you know you can work on doing that to restore your integrity with yourself maybe right but but you can't you can't hold on to that past because it's just going to be a drag on future performance. It's true. So meaning in a perfect world, if you could just move forward without having any regret, how, how powerful would that be?
1: And yeah, I was actually going to go off of that. It's like, if we came to realize everything that we've done in the past, that we've made mistakes, why aren't you trying to make it better? Instead of thinking about all those times that you made a mistake or, or did something wrong. Next time you do that, just do it a little bit better. And if you fail again, that's fine. Just try again, but keep trying. You can't really let the past be an excuse like most people do. They're like, oh, well, I'm never going to do that again because I didn't do it right the first time. And it's like, well... You know,
0: I've dealt with... Man, I've dealt with that so many times in my life. It's a common thing. Yeah. I'm a real estate broker. Right. I quit real estate after I tried the first time, and I swore I'd never do it again. There was a point where I'm like, I'm never doing sales again. Yeah. I hate sales. (laughs) Now I'm now I'm a full-time sales is my career pretty much because what I didn't realize was I had some story made up about sales. I had some story made up about who I had to be to be in this business. And then when I realized, well wait a minute, I can actually be just helpful to people and I don't have to be pushy and just try and sell stuff. Right. Then when I realized that, I was like, "Wow, I could almost like rewrite the future because I let go of the past. Yep. My preconceived notion of what sales was, was wrong. And that was my fault because I carried around the story with me for years. And so I'm always trying to explore like, where else, where else am I doing this in my life? Cause I, I've obviously did it once with that. Like where else is this holding me back? Right. What lies am I telling myself about myself or my family or my ability or my future or my business or whatever That's standing in my way.
1: Right. And yeah, going off that too, it's like, so yeah, noticing mistakes and being able to fix them, applying it to life and seeing the patterns and able to rewrite those patterns is great. And I think another thing that comes with this is is like experience. Experience can help put in, like shed light on the past. So if you experience something and go, okay, well, in the past I had this experience, but now I have this experience. And you kind of start comparing and contrasting you go, okay, well, what did I do in this time that was different than last time? And start applying that to like the future of doing that. So you go, okay, well, you know, this week I I practiced my stance a little bit better in baseball. And I actually hit the ball this time. What did I do different than last time that allowed me to do that? And then at that point, you you start to gain confidence in yourself. You go, okay, well, I was upset the first time when I wasn't able to hit that ball. But now that I've hit it, I go, wow, okay. I, I can finally hit this ball. I want to keep going now. I want to find the inspiration to get better at hitting that ball and hit it all the time, not even think about the past when it comes to like, oh, yeah, I, I missed my first time. And like me being a, a guitar player, when I first picked up a guitar, I didn't know anything about it. And so I would just strum on it, and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to try to figure this out. So I tried learning my first song, which was, I think, a Death Cab for Cutie song. And I was like really upset that I didn't know what chords were, and I was like, "Oh man, I suck. I, I I'm gonna put this down. I, I don't even want to think about this anymore." Because I'm like, "How do these guys do it so easy?" Um, but through time and experience, I came to realize I'm like, "You know what? This isn't as difficult as I'm making it out to be. I just need to be consistent with it and start gaining confidence from that consistency."
0: Well, so there's a book, The
1: Outliers, oh, okay, by
0: Malcolm Caldwell. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And so he um, He follows around Well he talks He tells stories about different Groups And one of them's like uh, You know uh, Hockey Youth hockey In Canada Okay Another one is um, He talks about the Beatles Nice And how the Beatles got started Playing as a cover band Just playing night after night after night Right In gentlemen's clubs Nice (laughs) Dirty Beatles (laughs) So, but they put in the, the 10,000 hours is like the buzzword from that book, right? So if you put in 10,000 hours of doing anything, you become a master at it, is right. essentially the message, how it boils down. But um, something I was just thinking of is this, this idea of moving the needle ever so slightly in whatever it is you're trying to do. So if you're, you know, you're playing guitar, let's use that as the analogy. And over here is, you know, you, you're a total beginner, and over here is you're an expert. You're you're a pro. If you you know you're not going to become beginner to pro overnight, or even in a week or a year.
1: Oh no, no.
0: But if you can move the needle just a little bit every week, you know, eventually you, you you're an intermediate, right? And then eventually you're you're getting pretty darn close to pro. And I think that's that's true in all things. Like I was just thinking, like I think about my business and. You know, where I was 10 years ago versus where I am now. And the systems and the tools and the way I do things, like the process I have for each event I do is vastly different from, I mean, you're winging it in the beginning. Right. You're just like showing up and like, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I'm here. Right. Yeah. And, that, and, the, and then in the beginning, that's it. Just get there. Just show up. Right. And then as you're there, you're going to realize like, okay, next time I could do this different. And then do that different next time. And once you master that, then pick up some other skill. So I was at a, um, like a top producers panel a couple of months ago. And uh, one of the presenters, his name was Dan Beer, and he said, You know, building a business is just a series of systems put on top of one another. Like it's modular, right? So you have your, you know, you start out in business and you're just showing up. You don't really know what's going on, but then you, you learn a skill and you layer that skill on top of your base of showing up. And then now you have showing up and skill number one, and you put skill number two on top of that. And the pros, you know, they've got hundreds of layers of things, of processes that they're doing. Right. But they're just moving that needle a little bit at a time. They're just adding one other thing to their repertoire that they can call on their toolbox, whatever you want to say about that. But it really went off on a tangent. From letting go of the past. Right. However, I don't think you can do, I don't think you can move the needle and move forward and focus on this stuff if you're focused on the drag of the past. It's true. And letting that go can really clear out a lot of things. But oh, yeah. On this move the needle topic, though, there was one. Um, I've heard this from a few different people. And I heard it once on a podcast and I think I heard it, I might have heard it from a business coach. But in any it goes like this. It was, a, it was a college campus, and they set up... It was like a clay shop uh, uh, pot. They were making pots. Oh, okay, clay pots yeah. pots in a class. What is that called? Uh, I'm thinking of Ghost the Movie. Is it... Uh,
1: yeah, the, the, the process. I don't know. I know it's like pottery, though. I mean, you're essentially...
0: Pottery class.
1: Pottery class.
0: So they took two groups. They had one group, and the instruction for this uh, group in the pottery class was... You guys are. You guys need to make as many pots as possible, or maybe it was 100 pots. Okay, yeah. You need to pump out as many pots as possible. Don't worry about the look of the pot, the functionality of the pot, anything like that. Just pump out volume as much as you can. This is group A. Okay. Group B was told you need to make the highest quality pot, and you need to... It, you you can turn in one pot, but it just has to be the utmost, of the utmost quality, like the best pot that you guys can make. Okay, yeah. And you each have the same amount of time, whatever that is, like a couple days, to complete this task a day. I don't know what the time frame was. Okay. And I'm totally paraphrasing this, by the way.
1: Gotcha. So what
0: showed up, what do you think happened?
1: Um. Well, I would say that basically the ones that, that had the time to kind of really craft something. They took it, I would say, more seriously um, versus the ones that were just asked to create as many pots as possible. Because when you're asked to do a task in a reasonable amount of time, but to to create a large volume of something, you're not going to put as much emphasis into things as maybe you should. So I would assume that the pots that were made in large quantities were really lacking in quality and maybe were more susceptible to breakage Versus the ones that had, you know, the time to kind of really craft something that's that's practical and elegant, I guess. Um, but that's just my my guess. So I would, I would tend to think that would be the outcome, right? right? The outcome
0: was actually the opposite. Interesting. So what happened is the people that just started making pots, they just started making pots. Oh, okay. well, throw a piece of clay on there. Let's, yeah, that's a pot. Let's do this. And then they'd kind of learn. So they'd learn one little thing about pot making, right? Making pots. And then they would take that, and the next, the third pot that they put on, they knew that thing, right? Uh They did the thing, you know, skill number one, and then they found out skill number two. And they are like, oh, hey, you can make the lip a little stronger if we do this. And so the people that were making pot after pot after pot started developing skills, and from experience, they learned things. Interesting. The people that were going to make the perfect pot didn't build anything, and sat around theorizing about how this pot was going to be made. <laughs> and then the pot that they turned in in the end was infer- far inferior to the you know 100th pot that they made over here. Because a- by the time they made 100 pots, they made 99 before. And so the pot they came up with was far superior to the, the other pot. So the, then the kind of moral of that is action is more important than th- theory. Totally. So kind of get your hands dirty, get out, you know, practice makes perfect. All these things you've heard all your life. Right. It kind of points back to that, the 10,000 hours thing with,
1: with the outliers book. That, yeah, it's so relatable to like, okay, so I can relate to, you know, to my college experience and work experience now. It's like, uh, I've not to name names or anything, but I had a class where the professor didn't necessarily know what they were doing. Um, But yeah, so I was, I was able to kind of figure that out. And through work experience versus just the theory of it.
0: Yeah, because you can sit around and theorize all day, but if you're going up head to head with someone that's doing it day in and day out, they're going to know what they're talking about and it's going to be pretty authentic. I agree. And I think, you know what? I think it's coming to an end. We're wrapping it up. Episode three of Podcast for My Children. Check it out on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio. We are going to shoot this twice a month.
1: Yep, that sounds right.
0: See you next time. See you next time. Bye.